right, on Sundays at 9. So, first story. Gambling, legal, absolutely massive news broke this board. <laughs> Broke this morning in the sporting world. Sports gambling, now basically legal. First question off the rip before we dive into specifics. Are we are we going to have to name May 14th Degenerates Day? We have Valentine's Day on February 14th. We have Christmas on December 25th. We have Independence Day on July 4th. May 14th might have to be considered a holiday now. We might have to name it Degenerates Day. <laughs> Max says, I already know this new gambling law will cause a divorce in my first marriage. At least he's honest. At least he knows. That's okay. That's okay. So, if you didn't hear, Supreme Court has issued a ruling stemming from the uh, New Jersey sports gambling case. And they have declared that the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, PASPA, is in fact unconstitutional. And you've probably seen that PASPA acronym tossed around all over the place today by people trying to sound smart. So there you go. You know what it stands for now. I'm just I'm just being a man of the people. You know what it stands for now. It means Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act. And that act was put in place in 1992 to prevent sports gambling. But now it has been ruled unconstitutional by the Supreme Court, meaning states are now allowed to decide individually if they want to go ahead and offer sports gambling in their respective states. The ruling was 7-2, to two, and the majority concluded basically that PASPA violates the 10th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which basically says any power that is not given to the federal government is reserved to the states. So a little more basic sense, from my understanding, I'm not, a, I'm not like an expert here, the majority of the Supreme Court said that under the principle of federalism, states should have the right to make the decision themselves and the federal government can't come in and be like, oh, no, 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 you can't have sports gambling. That's basically my understanding of what happened. Under federalism, if the Constitution does not give the power to the federal government, specifically, the states then have the power to make their own rulings. So the Supreme Court ruled that the decision is a right that should remain with each state, and PASPA shouldn't cancel that out. That was their ruling. So it is now up to the individual states to decide for themselves on the issue in the same way they choose whether to have lotteries, other forms of gambling, stuff of that nature. So once again, sports <laughs> betting will now be legal in any state that wants to have it. And according to an article by the New York Post, as many as six to ten states are expected to legalize sports betting in time for the start of the 2018 regular season in the NFL. So, let's take a step back. Hey, Gary, what does all of this mean, right? What does all of this mean, <laughs> VCG in the chat? Can I head down to my local casino right now and bet on the conference finals? You can't. Not yet, at least. It will take some time for, one, each state to decide if they're going to allow gambling at all in their state. And then, two, once that decision is made by the state, that the it's kind of going to be a go. It's kind of going to be a go for the uh, states to do gambling. It'll take some time once they get past that to get all the legislation, all the bills passed, and all the legalities behind everything. Gary says Kansas will not pass it. We'll talk about that in a second. So each state will also have decisions including Kansas, 
if they rule it on how are they going to do it, right? Are they going to make it so you have to go bet in person and wait in a long line? Are they going to make it so you can bet on your phone? Are they going to make it so you can't do this or that? Like, right? There's a lot of specifics that need to be worked out on that. So right now, 44 states allow lotteries. The only states that don't are Alabama, Alaska, Hawaii, Mississippi, Nevada, and Utah. So if you're okay with a lottery, I think it's pretty reasonable to expect that you would be okay with sports gambling, right? Because there's just so much money, there's so much tax revenue that will be generated from this. It's hard to me, it's hard for me to imagine a state being like, no, we'll be okay without it. Because listen to this, this stat's pretty crazy. According to experts, the illegal sports gambling market in the United States last year generated in excess of $150 billion. $150 billion generated last year on the illegal markets of sports gambling. So that seems like something you'd want a part of if you're a state. That seems like a lot of tax revenue that can be generated from that. So it's hard for me to imagine a lot of states being against it. But when it comes to local interest, most of the people are watching this show from Kansas or Missouri. Uh, so both Kansas and Missouri have recently introduced a sports gambling bill, but it has not been passed just yet in either state. And according to an article written by the Kansas City Star, it is unlikely that a bill will be passed this year. Take that as you will. Nevada against lottery is, is pretty ironic. I agree. Um, so that's what it basically means. So the next uh, the next question I, I want to talk about here is, <laughs> I'm from North Dakota. One of, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. So once these states actually get the ball rolling and the gambling starts happening, if you're just joining us, if you're just tuning in, talking about sports gambling right now, we will hit on the stalker story after the gambling, and then we also have uh, graduation advice. You're not going to want to miss that. Hate to brag, pretty intelligent man here, man of good advice. And then we will also talk about the uh, Warriors and Rockets right before the game gets started. So once the states get the ball rolling and gambling starts happening in all these states, what are the actual impacts of this, right? That's the next question. One of the main concerns I've seen a lot of people throw out, including the NFL, the NFL is even on this position. They seem extremely concerned with the integrity of the game, right? And what people mean by that is, will legalizing sports gambling increase the amount of incidents involving point shaving or throwing games or doing stuff of that manner? And you guys can go ahead in the chat and say what you think, but hold on, I'm going to grab some water. Um, do you think that legalizing sports gambling in the chat will affect the actual games being played at the professional and the collegiate level? Yes or no? Pete Rose situation. Yeah. So my answer to that question is I don't think so. I don't think, and Gary agrees, I don't think the legalization of sports gambling will actually affect whether the game that will affect the integrity of the games at all, right? I just don't think so at all. I actually believe that having a heavily regulated, having a legal, heavily regulated market and being overseen by licensed officials will actually decrease 
the amount of fixed games or point shaving, everything like that, to the extent that it's already happening, which I don't think it's happening much anyway. So I think legalizing gambling will actually decrease those incidents because of a couple reasons. So let's break those down. First thing to note here, Matt, that's exactly what I'm about to say. So hold, hold your horses. Jeff Schwartz agrees. Yeah. So first thing to note here, gambling is already very prevalent. Like we mentioned earlier, there is a $150 billion illegal market for sports gambling already happening in this country, right? If you pull out your phone right now, if you're going to take out your phone right now, I can't because mine is the broadcast screen. But if you took out your phone right now and went to the ESPN app, if I pulled out my phone to check the, when the Rockets and Warriors play, it would give you the tip-off time, it would give you their records, it would, sh and then what, do you know what it would show you underneath the tip-off time and the records? It would show you the gambling line for the game. It would tell you that Houston's, uh, I think they're a one and a half point favorite. That is literally showing up already on every app, on ESPN, CBS Sports, whatever you want to look at. So I think it's kind of hard to argue that this is going to suddenly make players aware of the gambling lines. If the players don't care or know about the lines to the games now, with the information already very available, they're not going to suddenly start knowing them and caring about them, right? And that's not to say some players aren't aware of the betting lines to every game they play in, because I'm sure, um, thank you, Jalen, I'm sure um, they are. But if we're dealing with a $150 billion business and the games aren't getting rigged already, they're not just going to start getting rigged. So now that everything is legal, as a pro athlete, this is, Matt, this is what you just said. As a pro athlete who is bathing in money, I'm talking when they get home, they walk in, honey, I'm home. They go to their bathtubs, and they just start scrubbing themselves with $100 bills, right? We all know how much money they make, tens of millions of dollars a year. What incentive would they have to cheat, right? What incentive would they have to cheat? Because first off, Who's gonna who's gonna line up and pay them more than what they actually are to rig a game? Like that's not gonna happen. Moreover, if they were to get caught, they would one they would go to jail. Two, they would be banned from ever playing again. And then there goes their income. There goes their means to which they are making a living and providing for their family. There would be absolutely no incentive. And these guys are insane competitors too. Every athlete at the D1 level that you know, insane competitor. Every athlete that you know that's a pro athlete, insane competitor. They want to win so badly they wouldn't even fix a game if you came to them most of them wouldn't fix a game if you came to them and told them that you're going to pay them some huge sum of money right they don't want to let their teammates down they don't want to let their coaches down they don't want to let their families down they don't want to let their owners down etc 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 this this isn't this just isn't going to make them more likely to cheat it's just not right in college sports you could argue oh they're not getting paid you might think well maybe the college kids have an incentive to do it well, what do you what, what do you think's gonna happen if a college athlete chooses to cheat, gets caught? No professional team is ever gonna sign them, right? They're essentially just throwing their career away, throwing their potential earnings right down the drain. It's just not it's just not worth it, right? So, I think fixing a huge game in a regulated, monitored, controlled market would be so much harder to pull off than it would be right now in the offshore black market gambling books, right? There will be people, this is going to be a thing, there will be people in computer programs whose specific jobs... <laughs> Who are you, Jerron Mark? You're like 14? Yeah, 
I mean, I'm not, but go off. Um, so anyway, there will be there will be people in computer programs whose specific job is to monitor all the wagering activity and patterns. The second something suspicious happens, they'll alert the head of the company, and the company will probably see what's up. So my argument is essentially legalizing sports gambling will actually make it less likely that games will be fixed. The integrity of the game would be just fine. In Europe, you can legitimately wager on the English Premier League soccer games in the stadium, right? And there's never you never hear a peep about the integrity of the soccer games over there. So the actual sporting events themselves will not be affected by this, in my opinion. So I think the uh, actual effects, the effects on the actual games will be very minimal. So moving on here, we can get some water again. The next, I think the next question would be, I said Premier League. I'm going to block this guy. I'm tired of him. Okay, so, yeah, that guy needs to get out of here. If you're going to, if you're just going to come in here and you're just going to be a little wiener, not going to allow it. I'm not going to allow you in my comment section. You're going to get murdered. Thanks for playing, Jerome Mark. Maybe next year. So, <laughs> um, what were we doing here? What is it? Okay, so next question I have. What does this mean for sports TV? What does this mean for sports businesses, etc.? Will the way sports is covered change? Like I mentioned earlier, if you didn't catch it, if you're just coming in, the illegal sports gambling market is in excess of $150 billion annually in the United States. Um, Mark Cuban went on CNBC today and said that he believes the owners of the top four sports leagues will see their teams worth double so there's so much money in this whole thing that it's pretty incredible so i think the advertising dollars for the leagues the tv networks the radio networks everything involved will be incredibly large i think it's possible <laughs> i hate the little wieners in the comments i think it's possible that we see maybe the birth of an espn wagering or an espn gambling instead of an espn news i think that's entirely on the table um, I mean, they are, they already have actual shows dedicated to fantasy football. So I think all of those things are possible. Um, another thing I'm fascinated by is like, how are the broadcasts of live sporting events going to change? Right. Of course, back in the day, Brent Musburger, he, he was, he had been doing this for like 10 years before he retired. He was always good at subtly hinting at the gambling lines during the broadcast for years. But pretty much other than him, broadcasters are normally pretty shy. Um, they're shy in mentioning that gambling stuff. So I'm intrigued to see how much more attention the gambling side of things will get in the broadcasts. Like in the in the uh, KU Seton Hall game this year, I think, I don't remember, I think it was KU minus six or something. And Seton Hall went down and like hit a three to swing the line the other way. And the announcer was just like nonchalant, didn't say a thing about it. He, he was acting like thousands of gamblers' souls were, weren't just extracted from their body and just tossed away. He, he acted like nothing had happened. It was incredible, it, it, just not a peep from it. So I, I'm just interested to see how that kind of dynamic changed. And then lastly, I'm going to get my water again, Gary. Um, lastly, my absolute favorite part of of any like new law or movement that happens 
is when the morality police come storming into action to fight for some tiny, tiny, teensy, eensy, beensy, eensy, beensy um, minority of people, right? Anything crazy happens in the world, the morality police will come storming in from the skies and come into action for a tiny minority of people. In this instance, it's the people that have a problem with gambling. Oh, well, we need to consider the people that have a problem with gambling. Okay, so to, to respond to those people, we cannot sit here. We cannot sit here as a, as a unit, as a country, and legislate. What's up, hyperbole? We cannot sit here as a country and legislate based upon the tiny minority of people that cannot handle themselves, right? That's not how this works. Laws are not made to babysit the like one or two percent of people that are problems, right? There will always there will always be people that are crazy. There will always be people that are problems and unable to handle things. But those those people are not my problem. Those people are not your problem, right? They're not they're not the legislators' problem, right? Most of us most of us can eat a cheeseburger without becoming addicted to eating a cheeseburger, right? If you see a cheeseburger and you just start foaming out the mouth, cheeseburger, and you can't resist it, and you allow yourself to turn into a lard, that's not my fault, right? We're not going to cancel cheeseburgers because you can't not get fat, right? Okay? So most of us, most of us can handle eating a cheeseburger. Most of us can handle sports gambling. Sports gambling is just for fun. So I am interested to see where things go from here. Um, before we move on to shoot or shoot, any questions on the legalization of sports gambling before we move on? Got a great shoot or shoot story today. Uh, craziest stalker of all time. But I will take a second. If anyone has a question, I'll get another drink of water. Working hard today. What, what did Frick say? Terrific. You're terrific, Austin. Hyperbole. All right, if we don't have any questions, we'll move on. Live crowd a little uh, shallow today, or shallow, small today, as we are not on normal programming, going a day late. What's the over-under on how many times Reed will go conservative and then taken out? See, you know what? I don't need that. I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need that kind of uh, nightmare comment. Still hurting a little bit from the uh, AFC wildcard game. So with that, that was our sports gambling breakdown. We will now move on to shoot or shoot, everyone's favorite. <clears throat> I'll give you guys some credit too. I'll give you guys some credit. Um, a lot of you have been doing good. Have been doing a good job of sending me stories to talk about on this program uh, for shoot or shoot. Right? You guys have been doing a good job. You've been sending me your stories. So we're gonna get straight into it. Today's story, taking us down to the lovely state of Arizona, a place called Paradise Valley, except uh, after you hear this story, you're going to be like, that's not a Paradise Valley. It's really not. So you guys know what the deal is with millennials. Our generation is seemingly being taught that once you face some adversity, just give up. Just quit. Just try something new. Everything will be okay. Just move on. If you can't get it the first time, just quit. So this story, 
might single-handedly change your mindset on our generation, okay? Like, I, I can honestly say, after hearing this story, that I'm glad that there is at least one person left. There, there's one left that doesn't have a quitter's mentality that's not going to give up, and that is our girl, Jacqueline Aids from Paradise Valley, Arizona. So the headline of this story... I'm, who, like, who are these people? Just tell me the damn story. We're, build, we're building the client. We're building the intrigue, right? The headline of this story is, Woman is accused, I'm reading it off my screen, of breaking into man's home, taking a bath in his bathtub, and sending 65,000 disturbing texts to man's phone after one date. One date, okay? Hell of an intro. Hell of an intro. So I'll read some excerpts from the article. Right here, got it pulled up on my computer. In July 2017, a 31-year-old named Jacqueline Aids was found parked outside of the victim's home, police said. Officers found that Aids was still outside the victim's home when they arrived and told her to leave, officials said. Shortly after, the man started to receive threatening text messages from the suspect. So that was July. That was July. December rolls around. Police received a similar report from the same residence, but this time, this time, um, officers weren't able to locate her, right? Officers couldn't find her this time. And then April, this is where it gets real juicy, folks. April 8th rolls around. The victim, I'm reading, I'm reading the excerpt. The victim called a detective a third time saying he was out of the country, but saw Jacqueline AIDS in his home while checking his home surveillance video. When the officers arrived at the home, the woman was taking a bath, police said. So, essentially, our boy was out of the country, enjoying a nice vacation probably. He, he probably works his butt off every week, finally got the money saved up to go on a trip out of the country. He's uh, taking a break, he woke up one morning, he's just doing his due diligence on his computer, checking his surveillance cameras, and we got this nut job laying in his bathtub. Just taking a bath in his bathtub, right? So, continuing from the article. A large butcher knife was discovered on the passenger seat of the car, court paperwork said. She was taken into custody and charged with trespassing. After AIDS was released from jail, she allegedly started sending more threatening text messages to the victim. Some of the messages alluded that harm may come to him, authorities said. Less than three weeks later, the victim called authorities to report receiving multiple threatening text messages from her, the court document said. The man also explained that they met on a dating website after one date. AIDS began stalking and harassing him. AIDS allegedly sent about 65,000 text messages to the man's phone. The victim said that she sent about 500 texts to him a day. And in one of AIDS' messages, she allegedly stated, Don't ever try to leave me. I'll kill you. I don't want to be a murderer. She also said that she wanted to wear his body parts and bathe in his blood. Court paperwork said. So, just take a deep breath here. That was, that was the story of our girl Jacqueline Aids from Paradise Valley, Arizona. It, 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 I really hope the man has unlimited texting. Like, why did, why did he not just block her number? So, it's remarkable reaction here. It's remarkable that these things go on in this country. It is. It is remarkable. This isn't a show. This is real life. 
It's remarkable that these things go on in our country. Initial reaction, like I said off the start. Once, once a little adversity rolls around in our country, all the people, all they want to do is quit. Jacqueline Aids, not a quitter. Not a quitter at all. 65,000 text messages. 65,000. Just showed up at his house. Never say die attitude. After one date. After one date. Whew. So, which brings me to my next point here. Only, kids these days, after only one date, they, they didn't they didn't get the they didn't get the name of this of the guy that this all happened to, but my guy that this was happening to only went on one date. Like what this guy must have been an absolute dragon in the sack, right? Sixty five thousand texts showing up unexpectedly at the house after one date? There's no possible explanation for this. Must have been an absolute dragon in the bedroom. I, there's just no other way to put it. Never say never. My hero Justin Bieber. So I don't know. I don't know what this what this guy's deal is. I don't know what this girl's deal is. But that was our shooter shoot story of the week. Any questions before we move on to the final segment of the show? Like this this guy must be unbelievable, right? So Welcome in, Edinburgh Dursium. About 13 minutes till the uh, Warriors-Rockets game, so we will finish up here in a minute. <laughs> uh, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not spelled like AIDS. It's spelled A D E S, but that's just how I'm pronouncing it. It might be Addis, A D E S, Addis. Adis, Adas, I'm just saying it's AIDS. So that's my interpretation of the pronunciation. Warriors and Six. So we did this last week, or two weeks ago, I guess it was. Um, we had a little life advice. Had a little life advice. It was well received by the crowd. Had a lot of people uh, saying it was good stuff. So we're going to do that again uh, before we talk about Warriors Rockets. Um, so graduation weekend. The class, <laughs> yeah, I agree, Matt. So the class above me has graduated college and is set out to become real adults or go on to more schooling, whatever they are doing after graduation. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like, this is terrible. This is terrible. I don't want to grow up. I don't want to have to do real adult things. I want to be eight years old, right? Right? I want to be eight years old again. And I think if you don't want to be eight years old again, you're insane, right? I want to return to the times... Yeah, you're getting some life advice, Braden Shaw. Don't grow up, it's a trap. I want to return to the times when my biggest problem was that I didn't have the best Pokemon cards. I mean, not to say that that's not a catastrophic problem, but it was simpler. It was a simpler problem. I want to return to the times where losing a game of hide-and-go-seek was the worst thing that could happen to me, Right? But guys, this is what I want you to take away from this weekend. And it's not exactly pertaining to graduation. It's more of a wider scope uh, mindset. So here we go. Everyone is so obsessed with social media these days, right? Everyone's always on their phone. It's hard to go without your phone for 20 minutes. Everyone gets so caught up in what everyone else is doing. It gets to a point where you start comparing yourself to other people 
what they look like, their accomplishments, what they're doing, everything else. And it's not healthy, right? You're constantly in a state of comparing your own life to someone else's. And if you spent any time on social media this weekend, you probably saw lots of folks graduating, talking about their great accomplishments, talking about how great they are. And at some point you probably thought, you're probably like, wow, that person's doing a lot better than me. Oh, this person graduated from college in three years. Why didn't I do that? Or um, this person graduated with two, two degrees. Why am I not doing that? Or this person secured a really, really good job right out of college and I didn't do that. And let me tell you guys something. If you spend all your time on social media looking at everyone else's stuff and comparing yourself to everyone and making everything a competition, you're gonna drive yourself insane and you're gonna make yourself feel like a loser every single time, right? Social media, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Twitters, that's not actually real life. It's an illusion. It's the good and the happiness and it's none of the bad, right? It's all of the glamor, it's all the I'm happy, it's all of the great, and it's none of the bad, right? If you were to base everything solely on the post on social media, lots of people probably seem like they live the most perfect life ever and all they ever experience is happiness. And we know that that is not true for anyone. That is not true for a single person, right? You're not gonna see a lot of people posting pictures of themselves being miserable on Instagram or Facebook. You're not gonna see a lot of people writing lengthy posts about how terrible they're doing in life, right? And another thing is, you don't see a lot of moms hopping on the Facebook and writing out, oh, well Johnny texted me today to say he failed uh, Geography 101 again. Dang, he's a failure. Uh, frowny face, right? You, you don't see that, you don't see, um, you don't see moms hopping on the Facebook and writing out, oh, well, got a call from Ricky this weekend. Uh, turns out he got arrested again. Um, might end up with some jail time this time, right? Like, you don't see that. All you see on social media is the good, and that's, like, that's not how life works. Social media is not real life. So all the graduation this weekend got me thinking about all of this, and all I want to say is this. Worry about yourself. Worry about making yourself better every day and don't compare yourself to other people. It's just going to drive you insane, right? Everyone has a different path in life. Everyone is going at a different pace and that's okay. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Be happy. So that was, that was, that was our daily dose of life advice. We, any questions on the uh, life advice? We can take some questions and we're going to talk about Rockets Warriors for a few minutes before tip-off. I'm going to tip off in about eight minutes or so. Um, yeah, it's 7.52. Tears. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm so sorry. Sorry, uh, Logan. Tears rolled out of his eyes, but it's okay. I liked the thumbs up. Appreciate the support, fellas. Um, all right, Rockets Warriors. Uh, someone said Warriors in six earlier. Is that what you said? Need more water. Um, yeah, actually, I'm empty. Things you hate to see. Um, okay, so Rockets Warriors tipping off in seven minutes. I'm just going to tell you guys this now. The Warriors are going to win. 
and it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a contest. They're going to win in five games. They're just too good. They're just too good, and that's that's it, that's it, that's it, right? They're too good. Someone someone uh, dispute that. <sighs> a, little, uh, a little tired today. Had a big day yesterday. Big Mother's Day yesterday. Got to stay hydrated. Absolutely. Got to stay hydrated. You never know when you're going to need some H2O in your body. Never know. Rock, the Rockets can't defend at the level needed to stop them. Right. Like, the, the, the Warriors can't be guarded by anyone on Earth. So, yeah. I don't really have a breakdown for the NBA. I just knew it was, uh, was going to happen in five minutes. So, uh I just said it. Question. We got a question. Yep. We got a we got a poor uh, viewership turnout tonight. Got some got some Sundays at nine viewership slacking on this fine Monday. Uh, we talked legal the sports gambling legalization. We talked. Um, what did we talk about after that? That was a long time ago. Oh, we talked about we talked about the stalker girl. We talked about graduation advice, and we just said that the Warriors and Rockets are playing basketball tonight. What player? Okay, we'll get to the Western Conference Finals. Okay, why did Casey get rid of Alex Smith? The Chiefs got rid of Alex Smith because they have what they believe to be a franchise quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, ready to play this year for far less money than Alex Smith costs. Right. Washington Redskins went out and paid him, like, I don't even know. It was $100 million plus. And the Chiefs, when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who is on his rookie deal and you don't have to pay him much, that is the window where you can win a championship in the NFL. The Seahawks did it with Russell Wilson. The uh, Raiders have been competitive with Derek Carr. The, um, the Colts were competitive with Andrew Luck for a little bit. But once you have to pay your quarterback, then you can't allocate money to other players on your roster and it's tougher to win when you have to pay a big quarterback. But if you have a quarterback on a rookie contract, you can fill the holes in your roster with more expensive players and better players. So that's why Kansas City got rid of Alex Smith, even though he was sufficient quarterback and pretty good. So, Eagles with Wentz, thank you. I was blanking on some examples. Um, player with most pressure going into the Western Conference Finals, uh, James, er, eh, just the Western or both Eastern and Western? Entering the Western Conference Finals, I mean, you could probably argue James Harden or Chris Paul because the narrative has always been that James Harden and Chris Paul can't win the biggest games in the playoffs, right? But at the same time, they're also going up against the Golden State Warriors, one of the best teams of all time. So it's kind of hard to say that they have a lot of pressure on them, right? The Warriors are expected to win the series, but at the same time, obviously, James Harden choked in the Western Conference Finals last year, Game 6. And Chris Paul, this is the first time he's ever been to the Western Conference Finals. So, you probably would still say James Harden and Chris Paul, but, like, they're playing the Warriors. So, it's kind of hard to say they have a lot of pressure on them when they're the underdog. <laughs> Thoughts on LeBron's legacy if he misses the Finals? Um, I mean, I don't think it changes that much, right? Because he's not going to win the finals this year if he gets to the finals. It'll just be another finals loss. 
So I don't think there's going to be that much of a difference between making one more finals and losing to a good Celtics team with the best coach in the world while having his worst roster since uh, that that year he made the finals when they played the Spurs and they got swept. Right? Like, the Cavs roster this year is terrible outside LeBron. The Celtics are a better basketball team, but the Celtics don't have LeBron James. That's the difference. So, I don't think his legacy changes too much. But... With that, if we have no final questions, we will head out for the evening. Western Conference Finals starting in like 10 minutes. We're going to get out to that. Thank you for tuning in. We will have clips up of tonight's show tomorrow. And the podcast form, obviously, being available on iTunes and SoundCloud, will probably be up maybe late tonight. So we'll see. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Love all of you. Peace.